0: Welcome to the Talent Talk with Robert Walters podcast, where we speak to business
1: leaders around the globe to bring you the latest trends and insights from the world of work.
0: Welcome to another one of our Talent Talks with Robert Walters podcast. This is the final episode in a four-part series around the return to office and its effect on well-being and mental health with Chris Pinner from InnerFit. In this fourth and final episode, we'll be delving a bit more into employees and the different mindsets of different generations and reviewing what we have covered over the last three episodes. Morning, Chris. It feels like these episodes have flown by.
1: (laughs) Hello again, Steve. I have, yeah.
0: I see. Quite interested to discuss with you just before we kind of make any sort of conclusions. Um, It's interesting. I know it's meant to be from an employee's perspective, but also from the leaders. Do leaders now need to be prepared and have a set plan or policy in place? Or do you think there's a, a justification for companies to kind of wait and see, I suppose?
1: I think it's useful to start from what, what a good leader looks like, actually. So if I am to imagine the most effective, influential, brilliant leader that I've come across in my working career, then, or, or indeed, sport like the football going on at the moment you think of people that envision the future and get on the front foot and are proactive and almost shape the path for the rest of the team like they're at the front aren't they that's the thing they're they're seeing the future and then creating it so yeah huge argument I think for leaders at an organizational level but also at a team level to envision what they want the future of their working life to look like Um, but also then get the input of the team on that as well, I think, because ultimately you have to have buy-in, don't you? So I think a lot of organisational engagement surveys and wellbeing surveys have been thrown out to employees over the last 12 months. It's about listening to the answers you get from those. And I think at a team level, you've got more scope to really have those one-to-one conversations, whether it's a formal one-to-one or a more informal one, uh, about how people like to work if you're introverted, extroverted, extroverted. Um, and that would be my start point the initial thoughts that come to mind of your question Steve
0: um, yeah absolutely and it's quite interesting um, what you mentioned about the sport piece actually because um, I, I, I I heard some interesting stats recently just regarding um, when football came back from lockdown and a lot of the teams were playing with no crowd in front of them and were performing a lot better actually, so they were scoring more goals. And I think it kind of resonates a bit with an office environment in terms of the pressure that sometimes people feel that are put on them. And and I'll, and I'll sort of say that from my perspective as well, just being in an office where you feel that pressure to perform, hit targets. Um, it's it sometimes feels for some for people that it can be a bit easier working from home, and that pressure is taken off. Ultimately. There are other people who feel completely the opposite and will perform better. And there were football teams that scored less goals uh, when there was uh, no crowds there to kind of jeer them on, I suppose. But uh, I'm not sure whether you've got a, a thought process on that at all.
1: Yeah, I, I love
0: the sports metaphor,
1: so I'm going to try and flow that through response. Uh, the response. initial reactions would be to say that thinking about remote work and performance can be quite abstract can't it it can be like really high level um but breaking that down and trying to make it really practical about specific actions we can take to move forward and analogous to having that training session which is going really well and then you've got your big event of the the key game at the end of it type thing um different people will work better in different scenarios and i suppose it's it's what are the practical things that a manager, like in a business context as well as a sporting context, can actually take. So what we've seen working well, I think, is, is all the similar stuff you'd see in a, a great leader anyway. It's, it's good communication. It's role modeling good behaviors. It's uh, practically now just encouraging movement through the day and getting away from the desk and realizing that we don't need to be stuck to the screen all day um it's it's asking good questions as well i think of the team so if you've got if you want to get on the front foot and be really proactive it's not about uh, realizing god three people in my team have been signed off with stress um like we came across at one company recently it's it's more about having a well-being action plan in place with your team and having uh questions like are there any signs and symptoms that i should look out for that you're struggling with your mental health Um, it's questions like uh, how would you like us to approach well-being as a team Uh, what would you like to do do you want to have Wednesday walkies where we go out for a half hour chat and there's no work chat or do you want to get involved in other organizational-led offerings and stuff like that so yeah getting getting proactive can be done in so many ways I've just shared a few examples but I think ultimately a good leader is is on the front foot yeah
0: yeah, absolutely. And I, I completely agree with that about being proactive and um, it's, I I think we see a lot of stuff on LinkedIn at the moment that may just be kind of being put up there for the sake of being put up there and just to show face a little bit sometimes, which is, which is obviously great to show that they care, but I think it's more about delving into the organisation's um, sort of deeper structure and to make sure that these things are actually being sort of carried through and the employees are being talked to about it and um sort of by their by their leaders and their managers and their mentors um but um it'd be interesting to kind of as we kind of bring this series to a conclusion as to i suppose any practical tips that you can have for um sort of leaders going forward and like you say about being proactive is great but if, if there's anything else that you have which could work for them that that would be good to hear from you
1: yeah uh, yeah for sure i guess the last piece that comes to mind before jumping into practical tips and cool stuff i've seen would be that everyone's a leader really uh we talk about this phrase cultural architects at fit. like anyone who's responsible for shaping the values and culture of an organization and that can be a senior leader but it doesn't need to be it can be uh, the kitchen porter type thing so i guess if you're listening to this uh hopefully the, the practical tips or things i've seen apply um, at an organizational level i guess bumble and kpmg came to mind like giving people the day off uh, i don't know much about what where that came from but i think there was an element of trying to save burnout um, and recognizing how hard people were working so i guess at an organizational level um structurally that's quite a cool thing to do uh, whether or not it's proactive is a different question um i think at a more manager and senior level leader type angle. We've seen some interviews be quite effective. So a lot of the time that trust and communication uh, isn't there, but if you have a panel style conversation, for example, with the CTO and HR director about how they're ex- they experienced the pandemic, uh, all of a sudden, you're probably gonna get quite a lot of questions and phone calls and all this type of stuff from employees who previously felt disengaged. So, I think we've seen that work quite well. Um, and then, at an even more granular level, I suppose it's if you can, putting one to ones and well being as a strategic objective, uh, getting it into team conversations. Uh, we did a session recently on you, your team, and well being, uh, and also leading remotely. And some of the stuff that came out of that was really, really cool. So, uh, one person committed to doing a well being action plan with everyone in their team. Uh, another person committed to saying no more often Uh, and as I go through these like this is all role modeling as well isn't it because if people see you saying no I'm going out for a walk all of a sudden they feel like they can as well Um, another one was normalizing not feeling 100% so just making yourself vulnerable and sharing with someone else in the team that yeah you haven't been on 100% form recently and uh, I think a couple more one more would be just ring fencing that personal time so blocking out in your diary, lunch break, that sounds really simple, but if you do honor that, you're not gonna get those overlapping teams meetings. Um, and lastly, it's that how are you question and maybe asking it twice of someone uh, that often comes out as one of the most powerful and common commitments people make at the end of an interface session. Uh, Cause how often do we do it? I mean, we, we've probably done it today, Steve, like, how are you? Oh yeah, I'm good. How are you? But actually. In a remote working world, it's really difficult to,
0: to really know.
1: So yeah, You just
0: uh, you just brush past it, don't you? you? You brush past it with a simple okay. And I think it's really interesting what you say about the um, uh, a couple of those points that you just mentioned. They really kind of like uh, sort of resonate in with the anyone can be a leader uh, point of view. Anyone can ask how are you, like you say, anyone can ask how are you twice to actually kind of drill down into how people are actually feeling. Um anyone can say no um and I I would be sort of I'll be taking that away from today as well I think just actually having that ability to say no and just um say I, I am going to go out for a walk I am going to sort of take that time just to sort of have a bit of me time I suppose yeah
1: good I'm really I'm really pleased and um I'll do that as well you know actually that could be that could be my commitment have a full hour lunch break today it is Friday after
0: all yeah, absolutely. And I think um, I think ultimately, sort of coming to the end of these episodes, um, and we, hopefully we'll come back to it for a uh, for a tricky second season, maybe to see how sort of um, our clients are getting along with it. But um, I think it's all coming down to that piece of adaptability, isn't it? It's coming down to it's not going to be straightforward. Um, employees aren't all the same, and the right thing for one employee is not necessarily going to be the right thing for another employee. Um, and I, I think that that piece on maybe sort of leaders, HR teams, being water, just like adapting to the flow and just um, sort of just continuously keeping up that communications piece.
1: Huge, love that. Acting like water, Uh, really powerful. Thank you so much, Steve. Really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, no, this has been absolutely brilliant, Chris. And thanks so much for your time over these last four episodes. And uh, yeah, like you say, fingers crossed on a uh, sort of another second, second season to see how this is all going along.